This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now. Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishnadas shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishnadas's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. Yeah. 
Questions. Can I share more of my story of my decision leading up to committing to chanting more deeply? <laughs> you're implying, you're assuming a lot of stuff in that statement, in that question. First of all, you're assuming that I made a decision. Second of all, that I committed. And third, that it was even more deeply. Not at all. It was an instant recognition when I heard the chanting in India that I could do this. This was something I could really give myself to. I mean, one of the problems we have is that we're so scattered and fragmented and distracted. It's so hard to focus on something other than immediate pleasure. You know, if it's a movie or a good meal or whatever, we seem to be able to focus. But when it comes down to, to doing something that doesn't give immediate gratification, it's very hard. And I had noticed that in my life very intensely, that even in very... Even in situations that you would think that I could really give myself to, my neurotic, endless, obsessive mind stuff would prevent me from really getting into something. But when I heard the chanting, walking around that lake in Nanital the first time, um, It was a total epiphany, and I, I knew that this would really, I could do this. This would be great for me. I knew I could do it. And once again, I wasn't collecting chants to bring back to America to have a career. No, because I was never coming back to America. That was my idea. Maharaji had a different idea, but he didn't tell me at that time. I thought I was going to stay in India the rest of my life. So. That was, uh, that's that. So it's, it's not something, it's not a decision. It's something you have to follow your heart. Your heart tells you that this is, this is, this is for me. This is something. And until that moment happens, you, you have to pray. <laughs> In one form or another by begging the universe to give you something that, that really works for you. And that's the search. That's already, you're already on the path if you're searching for something that you can really give yourself to. Clarification to the question. Oh, I thought you had said that it took you a really long time to make that decision. No, I don't, I think that's a misunderstanding. 
when I was talking to David Nickturn? No. Oh, 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 I know what you mean. <clears throat> you mean about singing with people. Once again, it wasn't a decision on my part. When Maharaji left the body, and I no longer had him physically, uh, I totally crashed and burned and was very depressed and in very bad shape for many, many, many years. But 20 years later, in my room in New York City, I walked from the bedroom to the living room, and I was struck with like a lightning bolt with the understanding that if I did not chant with people, and it was with people, not alone in my room, if I did not chant with people, I would never be able to clean out the dark shadows in my own heart. And the understanding was obvious that those shadows were the only thing that was causing me suffering. So chanting was the only thing that I could do. But I had already been chanting in India. I was already doing it. But after he left the body, I didn't do that much of it because I had lost all hope of being happy. But that day in 1994, 21 years after he died, I had this epiphany that I needed to chant with people. And if I did, I'd be able to clean the shadows out of my own heart, the dark corners. So once again, it did take a long time, but it wasn't a decision. So is that a good clarification to your clarification? I hope so. Did I ever meet Ananda Maima? Yes, many times, many times. She had a temple, an ashram, just less than a mile away from where Maharaji's temple was in Vrindavan. <clears throat> and... Uh, we used to go there. When he would kick us out, we would go see her. And then we would come back to his place in the afternoon and he would say, you went to see Ma? Did she feed you? No, I feed you. <laughs> she was so beautiful, really. I mean, it was amazing to just be able to look at her. She was so immersed. Anandamai means bliss permeated mother. The goddess permeated in bliss. That's what Anandamai means. And wow, it was beautiful. She, just to be able to look at her was so extraordinary. However, we weren't welcomed that much. We were never invited in and welcomed into the scene. It was a very formal scene. Maharaji was very unusual that way. He, not many, not many saints let Westerners in like he did. Uh, there were other saints had lots of rules and regulations about what to do and how to do it. But Maharaji was very different. He used to say, uh, when you come here to the temple, you should feel like you're going to your grandfather's house. You should be totally happy and at ease. You don't have to do any service to eat. Food is given. Whatever you need is given. You should feel you're at, you're at your own grandfather's house. And that was very unusual. Most babas, most saints, yoginis were not like that at all. Did I face the draft during the Vietnam War? 
Well, uh, I quit school for the, I guess that was the second time I quit school and I was drafted. So um, <clears throat> I had been seeing a shrink and he wrote a letter for me saying that I was too crazy to kill people. I guess that's what the letter said. So I figured I wasn't, I figured I would get out of the army. So I was then called for the uh, physical. I was drafted, called for the physical. I went to the physical and, you know, I wasn't worried because I had this letter. So I didn't think I was going to be sent to Vietnam. So the first thing that happens when you go to the physical, you piss in a cup and then you go to your hearing test. So I went to the, into the doctor's office and he was sitting behind the desk and he said, put these headphones on. And when you hear a sound in your left ear, for instance, put your hand up and when it stops, you take your hand down. If you hear it in the right ear, you put your hand up and then when it stops, you put your hand down. All right, I think I can handle that. So I closed my eyes and I heard a sound, then it stopped and I heard another one. Then it stopped, then another one. But then before this one stopped, there was another one. And then another sound came. And one stopped and another one started. And I was like, how do you do this? This is crazy. How do you do this? I'm going like this. And I opened my eyes. The doctor's looking at me like, he hadn't started the test yet. <laughs> really? So he looked through my papers and he saw the shrink's notes. Boom, you're out of here. That's what happened. So luckily, I didn't have to go either get killed or kill people. But I knew a lot of guys, a lot of people I knew went, didn't come back. And then after, later on, I, I knew quite a few veterans that had came back totally destroyed. So I was very lucky not to have to go through that. And I'm very, it was terrible what people had to go through. Terrible. On the Duncan Trussell podcast, you mentioned when you were dosing with LSD, how do you compare those experiences clearing out the dark corners versus the chanting practice and the teaching practice? Well, You know, Maharaji said, LSD, the yogi medicine, he called it, he said, it brings you into the room with Christ, but you can't stay. The only way to stay, he said, is love. And the implication was that if you keep blasting yourself into that room, uh, Sooner or later, you, you do damage to yourself. It's not the way to go. Um, I had incredibly great experiences on acid. I, it was like getting let out of jail for me. I, I used to play with my dog in the snow for hours. I was just so happy being free of my stuff. But I had, I knew I had, I, I took, Huge doses of acid. 
because I, I understood intuitively that I had to, I needed a lot of propulsion to get through this heavy, thick atmosphere of my, my stuff, my neurosis, my, my grief, my, my, my depression. I needed a huge boost to get through that. And, but once I was through those, that atmosphere and into space, it was fantastic. <clears throat> However, the more I did that, the less I was able to actually get through the day. I lost my skin, and I, 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 I could feel everything about... I could feel all people's stuff. I didn't have any... I lost my, my shape, in a way, and I... I Every, everything that I could feel so much stuff that I, I couldn't deal with it. So I wound up going out to the mountains in, in uh, Pennsylvania with my dogs and my cat for the whole winter all by myself in this person's house I was taking care of, this little farm. And I quieted down there over about six, seven, eight months. And I finally kind of came back and slowly came back together. I was just completely fragmented from all the acid. And also organic mescaline. We had a, somebody had given me a like a huge tablespoon full of a scoop full of organic mescaline. And so all week long I was taking that and on the weekend I would take the a thousand mics of Sandoz and then sleep for a couple of days and then do the mescaline again. So uh, I was just wanting to be gone. And, but I couldn't really be gone. I was actually crippling myself. So, and no matter what experience you have when you're on a chemical, you know you're on a chemical. You haven't got there through a natural, through, through not a natural. You, ha you, you haven't reached that state of consciousness through the natural ripening of your own being. It's, uh, it's artificial. I mean, Ram Dass took humongous amounts of acid for years, but it showed him something for sure. It shows us something, but we can't stay. You want to stay. So if you want to stay, uh, we, have to, we have to do it the right way. Uh, we have, with our feet on the ground and our head in our hearts. So, but you know, it's useful. He said, Maharaji said, it's, it's good for beginners, he said. <laughs> and you know, I was there with Ramdas the second time that Maharaji took the acid. <clears throat> you know, you probably know the story. The first time Ramdas was there, Maharaji said to him, "You have some medicine? Give it to me." So Ramdas takes out some aspirin, and Maharaji says, "Nay, nay, nay, the yogi medicine." So Ramdas thinks, "Well, he must be talking about acid." So he took some acid out, put it on his hand. Maharaj took it, threw it in his mouth. And they sat around all day and nothing happened to him. There was no change in Maharaj's behavior. 
He was completely unaffected by it. And that was really powerful for Ramdas because here was somebody who was beyond acid. However, when Ramdas came back to America after his first trip to India, you know, he was telling people this story. Some people went, ah, come on, he also do. He probably threw it over his shoulder. He didn't, nobody could take that much acid. So Ramdas didn't think so, but you know, he had a little doubt, just a little bit. So there we were in Vrindavan at the temple with Maharaji. We're sitting with Maharaji, myself, Ramdas, uh, Ramesh, Dwarkanath, and maybe Jagannath, Danny was there. Sitting there, Maharaji looks at Ramdas and he says, When you were in India last time, did you give me medicine? Yes. Huh. Did I take it? <laughs> then he knew Ramdas had doubts. So Ramdas said, I think so. Oh, got any more? Yes, give it to me. So Ramdas puts his hand out like this in front of him with his four, four pills of sand of Owsley acid, each one strong enough to put a horse on the moon. So Maharaja goes like this, one by one. He takes the pill, he goes, Four times. There was no doubt he took the pills. <clears throat> so we're sitting there after a couple of minutes. Then he takes his blanket and he pulls it up over his head. And then he opens it up like this and he goes. And then he closes the blanket again. He goes. I was sitting next to Ramdas. It was the only time in my life I ever saw a purple human being. He turned purple because he thought, oh my God, he really didn't take the acid the first time. And now he wanted, he knew I had doubts, so he wanted to prove it to me. Now I've killed my guru. The minute he thought that, Maharaj just stopped the whole show and he laughed. And he said, Yogis have known about this for thousands of years. It used to grow up in the mountains. And a yogi would go, He'd bring his mind to one point, he'd quiet down, he'd bring his mind to one point, he'd take the medicine, and he'd go through the door. That's what he said. The key to it is being able to bring your mind to one point. If you can't bring your mind to one point, if you can't calm your mind and keep it at ease on one point, when you take the acid, you're, you're all over the place. But if you can bring your mind to one point, which we can't do, you can go through the, with enough training. I mean, this is a ritual. People just didn't go do it. They, they prepared for it. It was done ritually. And then they could go through the door and whatever that means. So, okay, that's enough about that. Oh, so you, anyway, so the chanting practice, chanting and other practices, they clean out the mirror of our hearts. They clean out our hearts and give us a place to sit more deeply in our true nature and ourself. And 
at first, it's not extraordinary, like those experiences we have on chemicals. But it's the work that we have to do in order to cure ourselves of the delusions we have about ourselves and about the world and the confusion and delusion. So there's no, there's no way around that. It, we, our heart, we have to purify our hearts and open our hearts to all beings. And ultimately, we don't think about ourselves all the time. When you take a chemical, you're always thinking about yourself, even when you're lost. I mean, you're immersed. You can be immersed in bliss for long periods of time. But you know, there's a part of you that knows that you did this with a chemical and this is your, your experience. Through spiritual practice, the me is dissolved. And the whole you become one with the whole universe. And the heart is filled with love and compassion and real bliss that doesn't come and go. It's our own true nature as we are, really. Which is where Maharaji lived, which is why LSD didn't affect him. There was no one in there. No, there was no planet of need to be catapulted into space. He was already everywhere in the universe, all states of consciousness at the same time. Why are we so focused on romantic relationships? Why is it difficult to love yourself instead? Why is it instead? If you don't love yourself, you can't really love anybody else. Romantic relationships, you know. <laughs> so by romantic relationships, what you're saying is you have a relationship where you see another human, you see the love in another human being, you fall in love with another person, and you feel a bond with that person, an attraction, and a connection. And when you're with that person, when you see that person, you feel love yourself, because that person is doing the same thing with you. It doesn't last, does it? It changes. It doesn't last. So there's no arguing that. It just doesn't last. And that's the only thing wrong with it. Because you think it's outside of you. It can't last. That person is pushing a button for you that makes you feel good about yourself because they're looking at you with those eyes of longing. But we can't look at ourselves that way because we have too many programs running. And so we want to escape from those programs. So we, we, we throw it all onto somebody else and then, ah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, a person can't be who we need them to be. They're already somebody. And they have their own stuff. So ultimately, 
whatever that original powerful psychosexual connection is, it's going to change and dissolve, most likely. Because we just, you know, we don't, we don't know how to be good to ourselves because who did we have in our lives to teach us that? To show us an example of what it is to be good to ourselves. My parents, they didn't love themselves. They were full of stuff, full of problems. I took my shape from them. So I'm full of problems. So that's why we're doing spiritual practice. Because to find the love that is already in there, that doesn't depend on anything outside of us. The peace, the beingness, the space within. I think you said singing the Hanuman Chalisa was a way to remind Hanuman of his abilities. Is that correct? Well, the story is that when he was a baby, <clears throat> he had all the superpowers. But as a baby, he was completely unrestrained. He didn't know what he was doing. He saw a sun up, the sun up in the sky and thought it was a fruit, so he leapt up to, to eat it. So the Indra, the king of gods, shot him with a thunderbolt to knock him down because he was about to eat the sun. So... And he loved the rishis, so he used to go to the jungle and play with the rishis. He used to throw them up and juggle them. And he was interfering with their practices. <clears throat> so they cursed him. They said, you will only remember your powers when you are reminded. So then he became like a regular monkey for a while until such time as he met Rama and was reminded of his powers. And that's where the story goes. So that's the story. So uh, many years ago, one of Maharaji's great old devotees uh, was at the temple, very old man. And I went to say goodbye to him because I was leaving to go back to America. <clears throat> and uh, he said to me, you know, said, do you sing Hanuman Chalisa? And I said, yeah. He said, why? And I said, I don't know. He said, he said, does Hanuman need us to praise him? And I said, no. He said, he said no. He said, we sing the Chalisa to remind Hanuman of his powers so that he can come and save our asses. So that's, that's, what, that's, that's what that means. Because otherwise, now Hanuman is just immersed in ecstasy, in love, and bliss, in Rama. He's not at all concerned. But when we call him, we remind him of his powers, and then he, then he jumps up to help us because Rama is within us, and he serves that love, that soul within us. So he helps us out of difficulties. That's what Sankatamochan, we sing... Jay Siaram Jay Hanuman, Sankata Mochan, Kripa Nidan. Sankata is problems, calamities. Mochan means remover or crusher of, destroyer of problems. Kripa Nidan means abode of grace, bestower of grace, the giver of grace.
Have you ever had a near-death experience? Uh, I haven't had, even had a near-life experience yet. <laughs> no. But I did have a friend who used to say, oh my goodness, he said, I'm having an in-the-body experience. He was a really wild guy. No, I never had a near-death experience. I don't think. But not the kind that you mean. Will I continue this weekly live satsang when you get on the road to tour again? I'll do what I can. Uh, it's going to be difficult to do it every week if I'm really traveling. Uh, but I will try to do it as much as I can. And you will, there will always be an email that goes out every week, uh, our e-news, I guess. I think it goes out every week. So you'll be able to know, yeah, you, you, they'll notify you if it's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to try to keep doing it because I love doing it. But we'll just see if, how possible it'll be. <clears throat> if I can't do it, we'll try to have some kind of recording up uh, for you to listen to of something. I don't know what. <laughs> Is there a prayer you use to petition Maharaji to help the world when war happens? Or do you just, just trust that he knows what is in your heart and is already working on it? Both. Both. I trust that he knows what's in my heart and in the hearts of all beings. And whatever he can do, what's possible to be done considering the karmas of the beings involved, that he is doing everything that can be done. And at the same time, I, I ask him to take care of the world. Will you? Come on, it's your world. Take care of it. Don't let this happen. But, you know, what can we do? What has to happen has to happen. We don't know what it is, so we try to do the best we can to alleviate suffering. As best we can. But there are big forces at work that, that are beyond our ability to change. But we can still ask. It's important for us to ask and to... to Petition, if you don't like the word pray, petition these great beings to, to help us, to save us, to, to fix this world. But what is the world? It's the minds of all the beings in it. That's what's creating all this stuff. And this war, You could probably say that the pandemic had a lot to do with this war because the pandemic drove so many people crazy because they lost their usual way of being in the world and, and avoiding things and getting along, being free to come and go. And most people who don't deal with their minds, who don't know how to, to calm the mind and, and have some space there, they were driven crazy by this. And, you know, those people. So 
it's all part of one big thing. And our aspiration is that, that everyone can live with ease, that there will be peace and no reason for this. We don't need this, but there it is. It's here anyway. So we just do the best we can. <laughs> have I found a new guru? No, you know, where are you going to find a new guru? You know, I have the same old guru. He doesn't go anywhere, so why, why would I try to find a new one? Yeah, gurus are hard to find. They find us when we are ready for them. But as Ramana Maharshi says, where is that? Hold on, maybe it's not here. He said, meditation is done to remove the idea that the guru is outside of us. Okay? There are teachers, plenty of teachers that teach all kinds of things, all kinds of techniques, give all kinds of talks, do all kinds of things, and you, you pick and choose what makes sense to you. But a guru is something different, a real guru. You can't find a real guru. They find us when it's right for each one of us. But in the meantime, the real guru is not outside. So you find the guru within you. Your own true self is the guru. It's not who you think you are. Who you think you are is just who you think you are. Underneath that, inside of you, there is a jewel. And that jewel, that soul, that light, that is Guru. So don't think Guru is outside. If you calm your mind and open your heart, you'll find your Guru. There's no doubt about that. Can I sing something that ignites peace during war times? What the fuck do you think I'm doing? That's everything I'm doing is about that. All these names, these are the names of that love in me and you and Putin and everyone in Russia, everyone in Ukraine, everyone in the world is the names of the soul of each being. When we sing these names, we're pumping up that place in, in the whole universe. Every one of these chants is about peace. Every time you, you release your thoughts and come back to yourself for a minute, that's where peace is. You planted a seed of peace in the universe every time you come home to yourself. So there's no special thing to do. Everything you do that has the, the motivation to find reality, to, to overcome selfishness and pride and anger and fear and shame and guilt and self and manipulation of other things for your own pleasures every time we do something to free ourselves of that we're we're trying to we're creating peace we're getting closer to peace not just for ourselves but for everyone because we're all interconnected 
There's no separate people. We just think we're separate, and that's why we suffer. So, every chant is about peace. Every chant is about love. You have to let yourself feel it. If you don't let yourself feel it, how is somebody else going to feel it? So find that peace in you, and then anyone you meet will feel that. All right, that's it for today here with this. Maharaji said, Hanuman Chalisa can change fate. So, it's only our own, the knots in our own hearts, the bruises and the, and the, the wounds in our subtle bodies that cause us suffering and and." cause us to hurt other people and create suffering in the world. And those wounds are karmic from before this life, and they're also from what happened to us in this life. So when we do practice, we're we're gradually freeing ourselves and healing those wounds within us. All the broken hearts, all the betrayals from millions of lifetimes. So, Hanuman Chalisa can change fate. He said that. And I think what one of the ways to think about that is that, like I said, the chanting of the Hanuman Chalisa can uh, untie those knots in our hearts, can, can heal those wounds in our, in our subtle body and unblock the channels that are blocked in our body, allowing the prana to flow, allowing the life force to flow. So, if there's one thing, if you ask me what's the best thing we can do for this world, I would say sing the Hanuman Chalisa, learn the Hanuman Chalisa, and sing it every day and dedicate that practice to all beings who suffer, including ourselves. And so, Calling out to hungry hearts, 
of the lost and the left behind gather round and share this meal your joy and your sorrow I make it mine Shri Guru Charan Sarojaraj Jamano Kursudari Paranora Gubar Damalajasu Jodayak Palachari Udihina Tanujan Ke Sumeram Pavan Kumar Siara Palabudivida Devu Mohi Hurahu Kalesa Dekar Siavararam Chanda Padaja Sharana Che 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 Hanuman Gana Gunasa Che Kapi Sati Hunwoka Puja Ramaduta Tul Tambaladhan Anjani Put Pavana Sutama Mahavir Vikram Bajarang Matinuar Sumati Kesang Kanchanavaran Virat Subesa Pananakundalakun Chitakesa Atabajura Dvajavirad Kande Munjajane Sad Shankara Suvan Kesari Nanda Eja Pratap Mahajagadam Idiavan Guni Atichatu Amakaja Karibe Oatu Prabhu Charitra Sunebe Korasiya Ramalakana Sita Nandasi Sukshma Rupa Dharasiya Hindakava Vikakta Rupa Dharalanka Jarana Dima Rupa Dharasura Sahare Ramachandra Teka Lai Sajivan Rakana Jiyaya Shri Raghubira Harshi Uralaya Raghupati Kinhi Ohutabharaya Tumama Priya Arataya Samabhaya Sahasabhadam Tumarojasagana Sakai Shri Pati Kantalaga Sanakadika Brahmadi Munisa Narada Sharada Sahita Ahisa Namakuber Tegapala Jahante Abhiko Bidakai Sake Kahante Tuma Upakara Sugriva Inkin Rama Melai Raja Padadi Maro Mantra Bibi Shanama Lang 
ಭವನ ತನ್ನಾಯ ಸಂಕಟ ಮಂಗಲ ಮೂಡತೀರು ಸಿಯಾರಾಮಲಖನ್ನ ಸೀತಾ ಸಹಿತ ಹೃದಯ ಬಸವ ಸುಡಬೂಟ ಸಾವರ ರಾಮ ಚಂದ ಪದ ಮಂಗಲಮೂರ್ತಿ ಆಳ್ತನಲ್ಲ ಸಕಲ ಅಮಂಗಲ ಮೂಳನೆ ಕಂಡನ ಮಂಗಲಮೂರ್ತಿ ಆಳ್ತನನ್ನ ಸಕಲ ಮಂಗಲ ಮೂಳನೆ ಕಂಡಾಮ ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಜೇ ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಶ್ರೀರಾಮ 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 ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಶ್ರೀರಾಮ ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಜೇ 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 ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಶ್ರೀರಾಮ ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಸೀತಾರಾಮ 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 ಶ್ರೀರಾಮ ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಜೇ ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಶ್ರೀರಾಮ ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಜೇ ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಶ್ರೀರಾಮ ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಜೇ ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಶ್ರೀರಾಮ ಜೇ ರಾಮ ಜೇ ಜೇ Calling out to hungry hearts Everywhere through endless time You who wander, you who thirst I offer you this heart of mine Calling out to hungry spirits Everywhere through endless time Calling out to hungry hearts All lost and left behind Gather round and share this meal Your joy and your sorrow I make it If we know anything about a path at all, if we know that there might be a way to live in this world in a good way, with an open heart and without fear, it's only because of the great beings that have gone before us. Out of their love, out of their kindness, they left some footprints for us to follow. 
So, in the same way that they wish for us, in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all beings everywhere, all of us, be safe, that all of us be happy, that all of us have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and at ease of heart, at ease of heart with whatever comes to us in life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you like to get off your chest right now? Are you feeling lonely, unappreciated, or misunderstood? When you keep these feelings bottled up, they can affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and work through whatever is weighing you down. It's a great way to increase your self-awareness, change negative thought patterns, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now.